There's so much health advice floating around, online, among friends. But who can you really trust? Trust the experts. Listen to the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them real questions, tough and intimate health questions, and we get real answers, all originally recorded live. Hi, and welcome to the Health Essentials Podcast, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic. Today, I'm your host, Nadia Yusuf. According to the Dietary Guidelines for Americans, moderate alcohol consumption is defined as up to one drink per day for women and up to two drinks per day for men. However, with the ongoing pandemic, we find ourselves staying home more than ever, and many have turned to alcohol as a coping method. This has caused alcohol consumption and alcohol sales to increase dramatically. And today, we'll be talking about those consequences. I'm happy to have Dr. Akhil Anand here with me today to talk about alcohol and the increased drinking culture during this pandemic. Dr. Anand is a board-certified addiction psychiatrist who works at Cleveland Clinic's Alcohol and Drug Recovery Center. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. And for our uh, viewers and listeners, please remember this is for informational purposes only and it's not intended to replace your own physician's advice. Also, please note that this interview was pre-recorded and does not reflect any changes to COVID-19 precautions that may have been taking place after this report. So alcohol consumption is already a major public health problem in the US with spending uh, so much time at home now during this pandemic, it's only getting worse. Can we talk about, first of all, how much drinking is too much? How much drinking is too much? Um, that's a great question. So what we usually ask our patients is, at any time in the year, have you ever had four drinks or more in a day for women or five drinks or more for men. And that considered, that's for us is considered high risk drinking. Um, what's a drink? Well, 12 ounce beer, 4% beer uh, qualifies for a, a one standard drink, five ounces of table wine and one and a half ounces of spirit count as uh, one standard drink. And can you talk uh, in general about the alcohol effects on our body? Yeah. So I tell my patients this all the time. Um, alcohol, to me, alcohol, first of all, is a drug. It might be the most poisonous drug that I could think of because it really affects every single organ system in our body from head to toe. So literally over time, chronic alcohol drinkers uh, often have atrophy to the brain, which leads to dementia, causes premature uh, blindness, causes oral cancers, esophageal cancers, stomach cancers, liver cirrhosis, liver cancer, kidney failure, and go down, causes dilative cardiomyopathy, uh, affects your estrogen and testosterone levels. Um, uh, decreases estrogen levels in women, causes osteoporosis, falls. Uh, alcohol does it all, really. Yeah. Can, can we talk a little bit about maybe what it does to our immune system? Oh, great question. Um, so, and that is, so alcohol affects the immune system pretty substantially. It decreases the, the production of white blood cells. So something like COVID-19, people with chronic alcohol use are vulnerable to developing a COVID-19 infection. Wow. So how about uh, sleep? Does it, does it affect your sleep? Because I know um, we can drink wine before we go to bed and feel like it can make us sleepy, but does it keep us sleeping? Right. So 
alcohol does help you get to sleep um, initially. And then what happens is uh, you eventually develop tolerance. So folks will need more and more to get to sleep, but it never improves the quality of sleep. So um, most often or not, even though you go to sleep, the sleep quality is poor and the person is not rested. Sure. So it seems like references to like casual drinking are increasing. It's five o'clock somewhere, mommy's little helper uh, and so on have been around forever. But the longer the pandemic goes, it seems uh, like these are pretty much exaggerated comments now. So what do you say to people right now who are turning to alcohol as a stress reliever? Yeah, I mean, so firstly about this, I think those terms, the cultural norms that we have in America, uh, it's, I, I tell my patients that that's not everywhere in the world. It's, it's, it's just here, really. It's here, it's culturally normal to discuss alcohol openly. It's okay to have your favorite celebrities uh, advertise about alcohol, um, but that's not, the play, that's not the case for everywhere else. Um, as far as it being a, a stress reliever, again, that's a, a myth. Um, initially, it causes, yeah, it calms you down, uh, relieves your inhibitions. But over time, chronic alcohol use can lead to worsening anxiety and mental health issues. So again, it's, it's something that I tell folks, you know, here, although we accept it as a cultural norm, it's, it's not really the truth, it's just a myth. So how does making light of drinking affect us? Like I said, I, I, that's a great question. I, I, I'm not sure, but what we have started seeing is, although, again, we worry so much about alcohol use, I want to say that in America, roughly about 6% of people, adults, 18 and older, suffer from what we call alcohol use disorder. Um, so I tell my patients it's, it's, it's more common than having red hair, and, but, but uh, le less common than having blue eyes. So you, you will find folks with alcohol use disorder. Everyone knows folks, but it isn't very common. I do worry, though, with how openly we're talking about alcohol and with this pandemic, we've definitely seen a rise in uh, sales at liquor stores and trends are showing more and more uh, for example the rate of drinking has increased in women and the rate of drinking has increased in elderly so it I think us normalizing it has impacted numbers but for a pure alcohol use disorder it's still not common it's actually not near the majority of folks um, are there specific concerns we should be aware of when it comes to drinking during this pandemic? Right. Um, so I tell my patients all the time, if you're drinking, you're not wearing a mask. Um, and then also, oftentimes, people are drinking in very hot spot areas like bars and restaurants. And uh, again, high transmission rate areas and chronic alcohol use, all of these look like a bad prognosis for patients. And when you talk about isolation, how is isolation changing our habits? This is definitely a different time in our, our I've never experienced this. Uh, so 
it's definitely an unusual time. Um, I have found that with my patients, again, I'm at the ADRC, so uh, a lot of my folks, unfortunately, have alcohol use disorder in some form. And isolation, uh, lack of routine, boredom, uh, makes these folks, unfortunately, more vulnerable to start drinking uh, or continue drinking again. And it might be easier to tell when maybe someone else has trouble with alcohol, but how do you, I become aware of maybe my own personal habits and uh, when you know, to go for help? Right. So if, if you as a person are worried about your drinking, um, that's a red flag. Um, but more importantly, specifically, if, if, if you're having difficulty controlling your drinking, um, you, you intend to drink one drink rather than, uh, but you end up drinking more. And if you're coming to a point where you can't cut back on drinking and you're spending a lot of time either recovering from alcohol or thinking about alcohol, these are huge red flags that you, know, sh you should try to address as quickly as possible. How to go about that? Well, you can talk to family and friends and see what they think about your drinking. You can go to a primary care doctor. Um, who you trust. You can ask for an intake at ADRC here at, uh, at Lutheran. Um, there's also lots of great websites out there. There's the NIAAA, National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, uh, NIDA, National Institute of Drug Abuse, your SAMHSA, that have plenty of resources. And if you're worried that maybe someone close to you suffers from alcohol use disorder and you want to have help from your end. There's also great groups um, like Al-Anon and uh, adult children uh, of, al uh, of alcoholics. So there's a lot of resources out there, um, but you have to ask, you know. So can you tell me what is binge drinking and how, uh, how can we make a conscious effort to stop binge drinking? Yeah. So binge drinking by definition, uh, means for women four drinks uh, over two hours or for males five drinks over two hours again i stress um that these guidelines they're pretty concrete they don't really address the age of the the person the weight of the person the tolerance absorption uh medical conditions but those are kind of by definition uh, i am very concerned about binge drinking um, because a lot of people say, you know, I don't drink all week. Um, it's only on a Saturday night with my friends. Uh, the problem with binge drinking is not only does it really disinhibit your behaviors, uh, it can lead to obviously uh, car accidents uh, and et cetera, but it, it overall can, can sort of have like these micro blackouts, which can really affect your overall cognition and make bad decisions. So over time, you may not be drinking every day that way, uh, but it can have long-term side effects on your brain. So I'm not a big proponent. I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about binge drinking almost as a, uh, much as concerned as I am of uh, chronic daily drinking. So currently we live in Ohio and there's currently a 10 p.m. curfew for all alcoholic sales, um, and restaurants and bars have to close at 10 p.m. So we see many people venturing out, 
um, to get their own alcohol uh, to bring home. Is that a good idea? Could it be creating a bad habit? It's not a good idea. Um, as far as the curfews go, yes. Uh, Definitely, I think that's helpful for re reducing the transmission rates of COVID-19. But whether you drink at a bar or at home, you're still drinking. And the negative impact alcohol has uh, on your medical and mental health and your immune system here, uh, it, it's just not good. No, it's not good. I see. Now, can you tell us, uh, so maybe some alternatives to help people cope uh, during isolation when they usually maybe look for alcohol to cope? Right. I mean, I think this has been a very interesting human experiment for all of us. Uh, it's been definitely a challenge for me. Um, what I tell patients is, you know, this is a time to self-improve, to learn better, more about yourself. Uh, ideas, for example, that I... I, I I tell my patients is to get active, go on walks, uh, you know, pick up an exercise, hiking. Um, I personally have enjoyed these Zoom parties like I, I do with my family and friends. Uh, we play card games and uh, board games with one another and they're all over the country and in Canada where I'm from. So it's staying active, learning more about yourself, bettering yourself. Um, also, other things you can do is picking up hobbies that you know that you stopped stopped doing because you were so busy with life, uh, or uh, exploring hobbies that you wanted to do that you couldn't have gotten a chance to do because you didn't have the time. Um, other things I, I tell my patients is you know this is an odd opportunity that we have that we can give ourselves extra self care. Uh, When's the last time you take I took a bath? Sometimes I ask my patients. And, you know, when's the last time you got to read a book that you enjoy to read or take an online course that you've always wanted to do? Um, so although this is a very difficult time and it's really important to accept the reality of where, what, what's going on right now, um, this could be a time of growth as well. Excellent. Very informative. And I love the, the self-care message. Um, I think we're all kind of on the same boat. And uh, so that concludes our podcast today. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Nan. Thanks for having me. And to make an appointment with the Alcohol and Drug Recovery Center here at Cleveland Clinic, please call 216-363-2120. And for more information, you can visit clevelandclinic.org slash ADRC. To listen to more podcasts with our Cleveland Clinic experts, make sure to visit clevelandclinic.org slash HEPodcast or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more health tips, news, and information from Cleveland Clinic, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.